on uh, this week uh, was just from Ephesians, and we have a lot of verses that are fairly similar to this verse in, in the Gospels and, and also in Paul's letters. And it's from um, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. And it just says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us, and he gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So be imitators of Christ, be imitators uh, of Jesus. And as we take some time just discussing this verse and, and thinking about it, um, it kind of gives us a very clear direction. Um, I, I never really liked the bumper sticker WWJD, but there's a lot of validity to that. You know, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus live? And how would he respond to different situations? And um, I'm sure all of us were very um, apprehensive, uh, regardless of our political views on, on the election this past week. And there's still a lot of uncertainty there about what will happen. But our, our task and our, our calling still remains the same, that we are called to, to live like Christ, uh, to be imitators of Christ. And I would even uh, say um, just taking on or cultivating the mind of Christ. So what we're led to do and discerning the, the movement of that spirit within us is still going to remain the same, to, to follow Christ and to live like Jesus lived there. So as we take some time to, <clears throat> to pray and to reflect on this passage, uh, just I'd like to ask all of us, what does it mean <clears throat> in your mind? What does it mean to be an imitator of Christ? What does it mean to, to live like Jesus in you know, because our beliefs uh, really don't have any value unless they start transforming and changing how we live and the decisions that we make. So what does it mean uh, to be an imitator of Christ? So let's uh, just take a few moments to, to pray silently and think about what that means to each of us here today. So let us let us pray. Well, I'd like to just to open this up with that question to all of you, if you'd like to share, feel free to do so, but don't feel obligated. Uh, what does it mean in your mind, you know, with all of us in different places with our, our faith walk and our journey through life here, to say, uh, I want to surrender to God or I want to be an imitator uh, of Christ? What does that mean? And how do we live? Everything y'all have said is um, just really wonderful and warms my heart. Just the, um, the deep spirituality and the thinking about what it truly means to, to go on this journey and, and to walk with one another. Because <clears throat> I'm really leaning more on us and individual people and communities uh, across our country <clears throat> to help heal the divides that we are facing. And, uh, and I just know that that's going to happen. And it's just being angels and doing random acts of kindness and loving one another that will heal the breach that we, we find ourselves in. And Jennifer and I, we used to have a former minister, uh, and he was, uh, he was from the South, so I, I kind of negatively stereotyped him, but he had a, a lot of words of wisdom. And at the end of every worship service, he would always say, live your life in such a way that people want to know your God. Live your life in such a way that people want to know 
your God. And these are really great words um, for us to live by. And are we attracted or are we repelled by the way different people live their lives? Are people attracted or repelled uh, by Christians and by the church? And that's where we have to do that examination and, and say quite often, you can't say this true of every church or every Christian for sure, but a lot of people are repelled uh, by, by Christians and how they act. And they'll do lots of surveys and they'll say, when you mention the word Christian, they'll, they'll say, oh, that means being judgmental, <laughs> or being intolerant. And that's not walking with God or walking with Christ. Because Christ was very loving and accepting and very inclusive. And so regardless of, of how we identify ourselves or where we are on our, our faith journey, uh, Sister Joan Chittister, she says, our faith, our faith is invalid unless we live it. And so it's not enough just to have a, a set few beliefs, but we have to live out our beliefs. Our beliefs inform how we, how we live. And just listening to everyone's words here this morning, if we live out those words, if those words become the reality of how we live not only with ourselves, but one another, we're talking about a world that has been changed. It's gonna be changing one person at a time. Our faith is invalid unless we live it. Because our beliefs simply have no merit unless they change how we live. And to live like Christ, I would say that we're going to have more love. We're going to have more joy. We're going to have more peace. And I'm always amazed at the, the people I really admire and I'm drawn to. The pe these people of great faith, some nuns and uh, priests and monks that I've met over the years and ministers. Just the joy they have. And they're always right in the thick of, of so much going on with social justice movements. But they have a great joy despite all the circumstances in their life and just knowing that God is knowing that God is with them and that they are loved very deeply <clears throat> and sister Joan talks about this just living out our faith do we believe in abundant life Jesus says I came that you may have life and have it in abundance and the you there is everyone and all of you made reference to that the you is all of God's creation that you may have life and have it in abundance. And so what does our faith look like on a day-to-day -day basis in, in our actions and how we, we live? And this is where we can draw strength from the author of, uh, of Ephesians who says, be imitators of God, be imitators of Christ. And I think every single one of us have moments where we perfectly imitate Christ, that great love, that great joy, that healing that we, we help restore ourselves or someone else. We have those moments. And what I try to do when I have my morning prayer and time is, is to have more moments each day where I'm more like Christ. Moments each day where I see that living Christ in all of us receive Christ and the people that I encounter. And so we learn to walk and it's a lifelong journey. We learn to walk with Jesus or with Christ. 
And do we live our, our life in such a way that people are drawn to our faith, that people are drawn to our God or our, our Christ, our Jesus? And do we have those moments as well where people might be repelled by our actions? And that's why we always start that examination from a place of deep love, knowing that we're still loved even when we don't act out of that compassion. As people of faith, we are at a, a crossover moment in our history. And I really, truly believe this. We are at a crossover moment in our history. And God calls us to be our very best, to be our, our better angels there, uh, as that one historian says, to be our better angels, to be our most serious about what it means to be a follower of Christ, as well as a citizen of this world. And as we all know, our country is deeply divided. And I think all of us seek that unity, that oneness. And Jesus talks again and again about, may we all be one. That we don't have these splits and the divisions, that we can all be one. That we can see strength in our diversity and that we're stronger the more ideas and the more culture and the more thoughts we have, the stronger we can be. And how can we agree to disagree and honor one another and to walk in that, that deep love from that conviction that love is the way forward here? How do we form, to use the, the language of our, of our nation, how do we form a more perfect union? It's a great question. How do we form a more perfect union? How do we live out our faith? How do we become more like Christ each and every day? And how do we cultivate that mind of Christ? And there's certainly uh, many, many ways, but a lot of you referred to that, just starting that morning with that meditation and that prayer and setting your in intentions and also receiving that grace and that love of God to remind us of who we are each and every day. And as we say nearly every Sunday in one shape or form or another, the message is really the same <laughs> all the time. And that's that Jesus is love. That's what Jesus did. He radically loved and forgave people. And for the most part, he did this one person at a time. And quite often we, we tend to think of love as being sentimental or just the Hollywood. That can maybe be a part of it. But it's a real conscious choice to, to choose to see that which is divine, that which is, which is good in somebody. To not demonize them. To know that they are a child of God, that they have value and they have worth. And this is what it means to be an imitator of Christ, to have that mind of Christ, simply to love one person at a time. And we share these examples throughout, you know, on all these Sundays, but Jesus loved the man who was howling at the moon. Society had discarded him and set him aside, said he has no longer has value. And Jesus simply met him and loved him. And that deep love changed his mind 
and he knew he was a person of worth and value. He loved the thief on the cross. You're going to be with me in paradise, Jesus says. And that changes everything. He loved the woman at the well. He loved uh, the son who left the home and did everything wrong. And he, he loved the son who stayed at home, but who had that great resentment. Jesus loved people just one at a time. And sometimes it can be overwhelming, you know, this call uh, to be, to walk with Christ. But we can do that. For one moment, we can choose to be fully present to someone and to love them. And Jesus said, bring the children to me. They have value and they have worth. And he simply loves. And people wanted to, to know Jesus. And they were drawn to him because not only did he love them, but he listened deeply to them. He forgave people. He healed and he restored. And what he did not do and this is our task um, over the coming days and weeks, not only to love, but he didn't judge, he didn't condemn, and he didn't punish or demonize people. And at this very moment in time, I'm trusting that all of us want to see a more perfect union. We want reconciliation and healing and see the dignity and worth of, of all people. At this moment in time, we have to ask ourselves, will we continue to judge, to condemn? Or will we imitate Christ, to put on a, a new mind, which is what the word repent means, is to have a new mind. We can continue to cultivate love and forgiveness and restoration for all people. But it starts just doing it one person at a time and can this love this love of god can it repair the breach that we find ourselves in will it heal our divisions that we face can we form a more perfect union and think of all the policies and laws and all that all the stuff that may or may not come with the new administration but is the answer really just loving one person at a time the late uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she said, real change and enduring change happens one step at a time. Just one step at a time. And think of everything she did during her life. All those big decisions. And she said, it's just one step at a time. One person at a time. Many of you mentioned uh, Mother Teresa, who's also just such an in inspiration as far as walking the walk. And she simply just walked those streets of Calcutta. She did, wasn't trying to change the world. She would see one child in need, one child who had been abandoned, and she'd pick them up and take them home and love them. She'd walk the streets and see someone dying, another person who had been left to die alone. And she'd pick them up and take them back to her homes and simply love them. And I love her quote that we share very often. We cannot do great things, but we can do small random acts of kindness with great love. And this is what will change the world. And it takes time. But each of us, each of us can do that. We can love 
one person at a time. And we can do small random acts of kindness. And so each day, in each moment, we choose how we will live. <clears throat> we choose how we will respond to circumstances in our life. And it's not easy for us to learn how to love and to forgive and to have compassion for each person. Another hero of my uh, faith for me is Father Greg Boyle out there in Los Angeles working uh, with all the gang members there in East LA. And he's the first one to tell you that is all the things that he has done through the years, over 30 years, he'll say that we have had far more failures than successes. He says we learn from our disappointments and we find hope in our victories and what we do well. And this is what we are constantly doing. We learn from our disappointments, but we find hope in our successes and our, our victories. And my prayer for each of us today, as we move forward as individuals, a community, as a nation, that we may make a conscious decision to be imitators of God, to put on the mind of Christ, that we may be more patient and more forgiving of ourselves as well as others, and that we'll have many failures, and that's where we count on the mercy and the grace of God, but we're also going to have many successes as we learn what it means to walk with Christ. And may we be the change that we want to be in the world. May we spend time, as many of you mentioned, spend time in prayer and meditation each morning, consenting to the will of God, saying, I want to walk with you today. May we see the world from the eyes of Christ. And may we heal ourselves and one another, one person at a time. And this is the way of Christ. Amen.